Hello and welcome to the Early Exit Podcast. Come join us at Moto Wide Lens Productions as we talk about our experiences in buying, riding, and researching motorcycles and the gear we use while we ride them. We're talking to Matthew Lurker again. Um, I don't have a lot of friends. And <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing good, Jay. That's good. Doing good. It's awesome. So you just ordered some parts off of Revzilla. What did you order? Yeah. Yeah, before we started, I was talking to you about uh, some parts. I'd be doing a little bit better if they were actually here already. So <laughs> I know I talked about it in the previous podcast, but I've got a Kawasaki Vulcan 900, as you know, um, since you've got one too. Um, and I recently just kind of checked on the air filter. I should have done it a long time ago, but it looked terrible. Like, it, it looked like there was stuff gunked up around the sides, like in the air filter itself like there was so much just grime caked onto the or or caked onto the air filter like i don't even know how it's running right now like it, it's got to be running so rich because it's not getting enough air for sure so i ordered that on sunday and now it's thursday so i thought i'd be here already Redville is usually a lot faster but to be honest they let me down a little bit today that's too bad i don't want to diss on them because I want to talk to one of them or I want to work for them one day. And, <laughs> but I mean, if I would have been hired for the position I applied to, maybe you would have gotten it faster. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you could have gotten that to me. I don't know. That but yeah, I'm waiting on, so I'm just waiting on the air filter. It's supposed to get here today. Um, it says it's out for delivery. So if maybe it'll get here while we're filming this, I don't know. Are you ever going to get that um, cover for your electrics on the side? Probably not, no. So no, all the fuses on my uh, all the fuses on my Vulcan have been just like completely exposed. There's supposed to be like a plastic covering that goes there. I bought it and the covering wasn't there. The guy was like, Oh, it costs like twenty five bucks to replace and I was you know, my first bike, I didn't know anything. It's actually like hundred and eighty, I think, last time I checked. What? Yeah. Just for like this stupid little cover that just pops on. That's so. weird. It's like the carburetors for that CV200 that were like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes like just these super little parts can just be like crazy expensive. So honestly, I'm probably not ever going to replace it. It's like people, people rarely even notice that it's not even there. And, you know, it, I probably should replace it just to cover all those fuses and stuff, but it's gotten rained on and snowed on. So I, I mean, nothing bad has happened yet. So, has water? I'm just gonna leave it how it is for now. Does water? I mean, I don't think the water's gotten. I don't think the water's gotten into the fuses, but there's nothing keeping it out. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it'll happen one day. But I've been in some pretty heavy rainstorms. I've been in some snowstorms while riding, and it's been sitting out, you know, during those storms, and nothing bad has happened. So, I probably won't replace it. That's probably for the best. I mean, how long were you, like, you were thinking about selling it, though, weren't you? I'm still thinking about selling it. I uh, I, I want to sell it. So right now, I I know I mentioned it on the last episode we did together, uh, but I, I live in Utah right now. It's in a pretty populated, pretty heavily populated area. And the Vulcan is nice for, like, weekend trips or riding with a passenger. But honestly, like, I just don't do that anymore. Um, I'm, 
for the most part, I'm so busy and the season's coming down anyway, um, where I don't get to go on weekend trips anymore. And I rarely ride with a passenger, like maybe once or twice a month, uh, my wife will come out with me. Yeah. So, and, you know, it would suck it to get a different bike just because I would get cut down to like zero times a month. And we already don't have a lot of hobbies that we can do together or that we enjoy doing together. Yeah. Um, so, so, I don't know. I definitely want a, a bike that's a little bit better for, you know, commuting something like a naked bike or like a, a sport bike. Um, but I, I keep it around. I, I keep the Vulcan just so she can ride with me every now and then. That's basically the only reason I have it at this point. Did you, um, did you put your helmet behind you just because we were going to talk? Or is it always? Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> that's exactly why I put that there. I, I put it on my printer <laughs> so the audience can see it. <laughs> you want to and see? I wasn't sure exactly what we were going to talk about. So I also have uh, my old gloves and also the new gloves that I got uh, sitting on my, on my desk as well. When did you get new gloves? Uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll give them a little spotlight here. So these are my old gloves. You've seen them plenty of times. Uh, Diane is a MIG 2, MIG 1. I, I don't know if there's a number there. I might be making that up. Yeah. But they're not bad. A little short cuff glove. Um, but on the right side, the index finger has had a tear in it. You can kind of see that. And my entire finger can poke through. So yikes! So it's got a pretty, pretty rough tear in it, and I didn't even crash in these. Like it just got so worn down. Yeah. <clears throat> so to replace them, I spent a little bit more money, and I got uh, Dianese <laughs> Carbon. Yeah. So they're <laughs> they're a little bit beefier. You're gonna look fierce on that cruiser with those. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sydney was like, don't buy those. You're going to look so dumb on a cruiser. And, you know, I, I kind of bought them like, and maybe I won't get the cute, you know, like maybe I won't have the cruiser anymore. <laughs> like maybe I'll get a, a different bike. Dude, I but, have to show you my, uh, my helmet. It's like. You get a new one or the same one that you've had? The helmet that I had, I still have it. But, mm -hmm. yeah, so whenever it's cold out, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. okay so whenever it's cold out i'll like put my helmet on before i get outside so i don't have to put it on outside and that's happened a lot enough that like i have these stupid white little things because i keep hitting my head on the ceiling <laughs> it looks like i've been in like some grizzly crashes but it's actually just you just keep hitting your head on the doorway yeah <laughs> but my gloves are worn out too dude like mine are you really should be getting new gloves every, what is it, every, honestly, almost like every year, every other year at least. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on how often you ride. But with how often I ride, I probably need gloves like every year to every other year. Yeah. Um, and with these, I don't know. So, I, so with the Vulcan, my, you know my handlebars suck for the audience, anyone who's listening right now. My handlebars, uh, so on the Vulcan, it's a cruiser. And for anyone who's listening on like Spotify or like audio only versions, I'll try to describe it for you. Um, but a typical handlebar on a cruiser, it'll sort of be just like 
where, where it's connected to the triple tree, it's just like straight and then it'll have it angled just a little bit towards the rider and that's typically what you'll see unless the rider's done something custom like ape hangers. Um, and it, it just angles a little bit. That's called a drag bar. That's the most common one. That's what's on the, the Vulcan 900 Custom, which is what Jay has. And I've got the Vulcan 900 Classic, which has these like beach bars. So instead of like just being a straight, straight bar across perpendicular to the direction of the bike with just a little bit of an angle back to the rider, it's like a complete horseshoe where the handlebar just comes right back to you and it's so uncomfortable like honestly i hate those handlebars yeah but at this point like, like i'd rather doing, just sell the bike than replace them it's like you're doing dips when you're riding your bike it's like yeah that <laughs> straight <laughs> yeah so like you know those drag bars like your your hand it naturally has like a bit of an angle to it your hand it, it doesn't sit like you know like sit like this on your arm it's got a bit of an angle with the way you grip things so that's why it the drag bars angle back to you but with the beach bars it comes so far back that it's not sitting naturally in my head it's sitting like at an angle within my hand and with these new gloves they have this like little slide puck sort of thing i don't know how well you can see it on the camera but on the palm of my gloves it's got this slide puck and so with these drag bars the handlebar because of its wonky angle just rubs into the little slide protection plastic piece here so these new gloves do not work very well with the Vulcan but I'm not going to return the gloves I just want to replace the Vulcan you just have to get a new bike now that's yeah probably the thing to do that's funny though um I I definitely in the last couple of days um the students have come back to Rexburg and there's like there's new sport bikes everywhere. There's a new a guy that has like a brand brand new um, uh, Ninja, and it looks like an H2, and he's like riding around, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's rough. And then like while I'm riding around on my Vulcan, I'm trying to like, you know, like basically do a, a drag race at every every light. And then whenever mm -hmm. a bike is next to me, I just feel so like just like weak <laughs> it's so bad um yeah, yeah and it's not a bad bike like it's you know it's still like all bikes are fun yeah it's not a bad bike at all i just i want something that can go zero to 60 in 1.5 but <laughs> i don't know of any bikes that are doing zero to 60 1.5 but i think but i'd be happy with like three second range i'm looking up the h2 zero to 60 one second. Zero. I think it's in the twos. Because like top speed, you know, it's it's crazy fast. But it's got such it's limited by by its by its own nature. Because like the physics of the bike, you know, it only has so much contact with the ground. And with you know, you put down too much power to the rear wheel, it's just gonna do wheelers and it's not actually gonna take off real fast. It's two point six. That's weird. 6. Did you see the specs for the new uh dragster? Or what is it? Not the what is it called? The new Tesla Roadster. Oh yeah, it does zero to sixty in one point seven, I think. One point nine. One point nine. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy fast. That's awesome. <laughs> but then at H two, like, it, it's gonna beat it on the top end for sure. I think 
I don't know, because there's that video with like the H2 and the, you know, the jet engine and all those sport cars and the H2 wins. Yeah. How long was that track though? Because it didn't win initially. No, no. So like right off the line, you know, any, any supercar is not as limited as the motorcycle. So, so the H2, like where it really has its, its value is on the top end where it's going 250 miles an hour. Yeah. Where, um, like the Tesla, and, and it wasn't like the newest Roadster or anything. I, I can't remember exactly which model they had uh, in that video, but I know what video you're talking about. I've watched it like a million times. Yeah. Uh, and, and for anyone who hasn't seen the video, I, I can't remember if it was Red Bull or some other organization, but they got like all these different supercars that a McLaren, they had a Porsche, they had a Tesla Roadster Model 3. I, I can't remember which one it was. And also some sort of fighter jet. And then Kawasaki Ninja H2, all lined up here. It was like this crazy race. You got to look it up on YouTube. It's awesome. Uh, but the H2, it doesn't beat everybody else off the line, but it beats everyone and the jet by just a hair at the end. But it, they do this on, uh, it's on an airstrip. You know, they did this like at, a, at an airport. You want to watch it? It's only a Yeah, minute. can you do that? Yeah, it's only a minute. Put it into the video. If we don't play audio, it won't claim us. So, okay. <laughs> okay, share screen. Safari, share. Can you see it? Yeah, I can see it. Now I feel bad a little bit for, uh, for spoiling the ending. But it's still cool to watch. Yeah, I want to find out real quick where or what Tesla it is. I wonder if anyone talks about it. Is it in the description of the video? No, it just says a Tesla. And if it's 2018, I bet it's like the, it'll be their fastest one. So it might be a Roadster. I don't know, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah, yeah so off the line, the drag or the F1 car. The F1 car, yeah. Can you see my mouse? Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's kind of crazy how the jet plane is like lagging behind everybody, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so much heavier and like eventually it, it will be the fastest thing there, you know, cause it's gonna, Go I, I don't know how fast it goes, you know, like Mach 3, you know, whatever. I, I don't know exactly how fast the jet's gonna go, but eventually it will be the fastest thing there. Yeah. But right off the line, like it's so heavy, it would take so much power all at once to get it, you know, zero to 60, 1.7 or zero to 60, 1.9. Like yeah. that would take so much energy. And so, you know, just building up to that, it's going to be a little bit slower. And so we can see that in the video right away. Yeah. Where like the F1 car, it's super light. And so it's going to take off immediately and it's going to be the fastest thing there. I'm surprised the Tesla's back here. That's. Yeah. I wonder if he had a bad start or something. Let me see. It's kind of hard to line everybody else back up for another another run, though, when you got two planes. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I, he had a bad start. You can see it. Yeah. Then he but, pulls up a little bit. Yeah. I don't think he really started right. Because normally it's immediate torque. But, yeah, like you were saying, the top end, you can see the um, – this is a lot of angles. You can see the H2 is pulling ahead after the f1 car kind of lags 
Yeah, so there's like immediately, you know, half a second in, F1 cars up front. And then after that, like the H2s is gone. <laughs> Poor Jet. <laughs> Guy's like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you can see it. Normally you can see him like lift their front wheels. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. Oh, that was just barely. Yeah. That's wild. But he won. Mm -hmm. That's wild. Um, yeah, H2 is a definite goal of mine. I want to hit 200 on the bike really bad. <laughs> There's a guy down here in Utah who owns an H2. Isn't that on Ryder? Part of, um, I don't know if it's on Ryder Share. I'm just part of like a, like a Facebook Riders group. Um, and he'll post in there sometimes, like, went on this ride today, like, did this photo shoot today. I'm like, that's beautiful, and I want your life. <laughs> I actually saw someone in Idaho Falls. I saw, like, two guys um, racing on the highway, and I was like, man, I just, uh, <laughs> that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's wild. Yeah, I, I used to have a goal to go 200 in a car and 150 on a bike but that's so attainable <laughs> on a bike. It's like not even impressive. Like you could go, to, you could go 150 on a bike with, I don't know, even just like a souped up 650, you know? Yeah, you could maybe hit, hit it with like, you know, with, with our, our old 650s, like strip off everything you can, throw on, you know, uh, performance air intake, get it tuned, performance exhaust. You can maybe hit 150, but like any R6 off the showroom floor, it should be able to hit 150 or at least like really close to it. Well, so I think the top, I think top speed on the R6 is like almost 160. Let me see. I think it's like, I let's it look it up. 200. Well, not on the R6. The R1, I think, is 196. I don't know the exact numbers. But. R6 is um 160 okay and wow it, it gets 42 miles to the gallon that's weird i didn't that's weird. so economical yeah i know <laughs> the r1 is 176 what 76 what that's weird top speed okay well yeah that is weird oh my gosh I thought they went to 200. Okay, so here it is. The YZF-R1 is 186. The uh, CBR-1100 is 190. The BUSA is only 194, but that's more of like a low-end torque. Um, ZX-14 is 208. The Okay, these are just weird custom bikes. But the H2R is 250, and then the Dodge Tomahawk is 420. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> or so they say i i've never seen anyone ride it yeah i mean like i know it has been ridden but no one's actually hit 420 on it because like who's gonna do that i just it, can we share a, a picture of a of a dodge tomahawk yeah i'm doing it right now i <laughs> these things are so crazy <laughs> can you see it yeah it's, it's ridiculous 
There's someone. Oh, it's a mini knockoff. Okay, whatever. There's someone riding it in shorts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's like. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. I. Oh yeah, they did a video. Now I gotta watch the video. Okay. I wonder how it turns. Like, it just looks like it would be really difficult. You know? Yeah, it looks like it'd be awful to ride. Like, outside of just a straight line. Yeah. Let me see if it'll show any of it. It honestly looks like the Tron bike a little bit. Mm -hmm. But like... Yeah, I could see that. It's like really long and also low to the ground. And then the rider sits back pretty far on the bike. Look at, look at those brakes. Did you see that? It's no, got, I missed that. Let me go back a little bit. Come on. It's got twin Bren Bros. You see that? <laughs> that's. <laughs> I mean, that thing's got to weigh like 600 pounds. Like, it's going to need all the stopping power it can get. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you're going 420 miles an hour. <laughs> that's so fast. Oh, wow. There's no way. I don't think he can even turn. I because he's going in a straight line. I don't think he can even turn. I would like to see someone try to ride that bike. Well, no, I wouldn't want to see someone do it, but I'd want to see like a robot or some like AI, you know, some some non-human thing try to ride that bike at its top speed. Well. I feel like they could hit top speed if they just had, you know, those like testing uh, wheels that they test out, you know, like, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a treadmill for a bike, but it only goes the back wheels. I think, I think they could do Yeah. It. Like if they throw it on a dyno. Yeah. That's what it's called. Is it a dyno? I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't look like you could turn on it. Cause like you'd have to lean completely onto one wheel. And then with all that weight, it would just kind of like mess you up. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, I don't think that I would want to ride it. No. So like name one other good motorcycle that Dodge has made. I can't. I don't know if they've made another one. Like I wouldn't trust them with my life on a motorcycle that goes 400 miles an hour. Now I got to look it up and see if they had any other motorcycles. Motorcycles. So what Dodge did with the uh, with the Tomahawk, they just like dropped a Viper engine, a Viper engine into this motorcycle chassis that they threw together. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Like the Viper itself is already a death trap. It was totally just concept, which is kind of sad. Did you see that um, video uh, that Sean did on the Boss Hog? No, I haven't. Is that uh, SRK Cycles, like that, Sean? Yeah. Do you no, know what, I haven't seen it. Do you know what a boss hog is? No. Oh, I got to show you now. Okay. So it is a, I think it's a Chevy um, uh, Cummins engine. <laughs> On <a motorcycle>. Okay. <laughs> I got to show you this, man. Um, here, wait, let me, let me pull up the real one. Because... This is showing something completely different. Okay, here we go. All right. No, not that. 
Stop sharing. That's my screen. One moment. Share screen. There we go. Okay. Look at this thing, dude. It has it has the complete engine components of a uh, of a truck. What? <laughs> yeah, dude. What is the point of that? That gas tank is huge. Oh yeah, dude. It's it's insane. And he it broke down while he was riding it. It's this big wide one. 350 horsepower V8. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I don't know why anyone would really want that in a cruiser, honestly. Yeah, it just it didn't really seem like it made sense. Oh, the crazy thing was the shift on the left, um, or sorry, the clutch lever doesn't mm -hmm. do anything. It's just there. The clutch is all on your feet and it like oh. it makes no sense. Oh, and it idles at 35 miles an hour. Yeah, that thing sounds like a death trap. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like I don't know if you've seen like some of those uh, like suicide shifters on motorcycles, but it's like and for anyone else who hasn't heard of them, it's like in a manual car, left hand on the steering wheel, right hand on you know, the shift knob left hand on your clutch, uh, clutch pedal. Yeah, I think I said left hand, but left left foot on the clutch pedal. That's how it works in a manual car for anyone who hasn't done that. And then for a suicide shifter on a motorcycle, they kind of put that same concept in where you have, and it's different because it's always like a custom bike. So they may put it in different places. It may be with your right hand or your left hand. Usually it's with your left, at least it should be. Otherwise you got to take your hand off the throttle, the shift and and then that hand is also off the brakes and that'd be a mess but custom bikes they do what they want and anyway suicide shifter they've got a shifting knob instead of a clutch lever that you use with your hand up top you know by the handlebar you have to remove your hand from the handlebar bring it down like towards the gas tank where they have a shifting lever you have to move back and forth as if you're in a manual truck or something and it's ridiculous like that's why they call it a, a suicide shifter because like you're gonna die yeah it's it's freaking scary there's a video of did you see the one um with brad pitt on the suicide shifter no <laughs> we're just no, i haven't seen it a lot of things today <laughs> um, i gotta show you this it's 30 seconds long he did like some like weird gq ad or something and here he is he is on like an old Harley, I think, but it's a suicide, a suicide shifter. Like you can mm -hmm. kind of see it on the left-hand side, but okay. Is it show, show him shifting? Okay. Yeah, that's him shifting right there, I think. I don't know, but it's super freaking yeah. cool. <laughs> oh man, this is... This will actually show it real quick. Uh, some crazy guy, but yeah, it's right there. I think it's a stupid idea. I think you're asking to get to yeah. it, but like, <laughs> whatever you want to do, man. Yeah, I think motorcycles are dangerous enough. Like why make them even more dangerous like that? I don't see the point. It's like, uh, I think it was SRK Cycles again. He was talking about um, 
the pet peeves he has about what people do to their bikes. And mm-hmm. oh no, it was Lemmy. It was Lemmy on Revzilla. And he was like, Why would you put anything that makes your bike pokier? Like you're just making something <laughs> to steer yourself on. Yeah. Like you're probably gonna crash your bike at some point. And then when you put, you know, spikes on your bike or you put skulls all over your ninja six fifty, like that just makes it look weird. But but spikes on the bike, like you could impale yourself on that. And I just think that's kind of dumb. It is. And like just on the uh on the topic of custom bikes, I think that the craziest customs probably come from the cruiser segment outside of like the Hayabusa where they do all sorts of crazy stuff with it. Yeah, I think so too. There's a lot of options. Like I feel like the cruiser is almost like made because like people will add saddlebags or they'll do new paint jobs and they'll do um like crazy handlebars and like they'll even change their gas tanks, they'll change their wheels mm-hmm. out, make like white walls and stuff like that, or they'll chop it down. But then a sport bike it's like if you change too much, it becomes like less fast and less tuned, like they made it out of the factory. So it's like mm-hmm. it's almost stupid to modify your sport bike, other than like your muffler and um I I don't really know. Handlebars maybe, grips. Like there's not a whole lot to do on a sport bike. Yeah, I mean it depends on the on the, the sport bike too. Because if you're buying let's say like bmw s1000 double r m sport like brand new can't remember how much it is but it's like i think around 20 ish twenty thousand. yeah like it's already got a lot of the things you're probably going to want to do to it like it's already got you know it's a pretty lightweight motorcycle you could get carbon fiber wheels if you wanted to and throw those on there it's already got brembo brakes like it's already pretty good or if you like let's say you had our Ninja 650s, you know, you would probably benefit by throwing on some carbon fiber wheels or uh, taking out the uh, the catalytic converter and throwing on a performance exhaust, performance air intake, make sure to get it tuned or like get the ECU flashed to make sure that, you know, you're making as much power as you really want to out of that bike. Like there's a lot more you could do with that. But then so, I mean, like with sport bikes, it just kind of depends on which bike you're getting. Like, you probably don't have a ton you'd really want to customize on, like, this super awesome bike that the factory has already made, like, nearly perfect for you. Can you imagine someone, like, like just chopping or, like, destroying, a, like, a, a brand new Ducati or, like, an H2 or something? <laughs> I feel like that's a crime. <laughs> yeah. Like, you should not do that. If you do that, you go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to jail. I got this brand new H2 Cafe Racer. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did you do that? <laughs> I'm looking it up, man. Someone's definitely done it. I'm going to see if someone did it. Uh, oh, no. Someone's done it. <laughs> someone did it? That makes me so sad. Is it the new H2 or is it the old? I know they made an H1. I, I think Kawasaki made an H2 in the 80s or 90s as well. Um, I think this one's a newer one. Let me let me share. This one's a newer one. It looks like it is just straight chopped. I don't know what the plan is there. 
Can you see it? Yeah, I can see it. It's just crazy. Is there a seat? I don't get that one. I don't know, man. People are wild. Since yeah. you're looking up the H2, though, you should look up the, uh, it's a gold H2. And this thing's beautiful. Like, when I become a billionaire, that's what I'm going to do. Oof. Oof. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Is that like 40, what is that? 48 karat gold or whatever? I, I don't know if 48 karat is a thing, but but it's I think it's either a vinyl wrap or it's, uh, I think, 24 karat gold leaf plating. 24 karat. I have no idea what carrots are. Um, that's crazy. So it's real gold. That's wild. Yeah, that thing's crazy. Look at it paired up with the uh, helmet. That was a helmet I was thinking about getting. Oh yeah, yeah, you sent me that. I I think it's beautiful, um, but I really I'm digging the airframes right now, like the airframe. The icon airframe. Yeah, the blockchain one. I'm a definite fan of. Yeah. Blockchain helmet. Yeah, I like it. I think it's fierce. And it's lighter than the helmet I have right now, which is actually pretty heavy. Like the AGVK1 is like weirdly heavy. I don't know. But I don't have the money to buy a 500 tricked out. Uh, what, what brand do you have? What is it? It's a HJC. Okay. HJC Arfa 11 Pro, and it's amazing. Definitely recommend it. I don't know if I'd recommend uh, this exact model because of the increased price because of the graphics, but that model, different graphics, like definitely recommend that helmet. You can pick one up for around three fifty um, if you get like just the matte black version. What do you think about? um like entry-level helmets like which ones do you hate and which ones do you like personally i think the bell qualifier is not really the best deal i don't think you should go for it i think you should go for like agvk1 or like hjc the one that your wife has is it hjc what is she's it? actually got the uh no she's got scorpion r420 i think it's and now that she's had it for now that she's had it for uh, a year and a half, a year or so, something like that. I actually wouldn't recommend that. And I and I guess I should go into that because I used to recommend that one to people. I, I thought it was a pretty great helmet. Um, so with that one, it has, it's got the DOT rating. It's got the ECE rating. I can't remember if it is also Snell rated. It is. I'm not sure about that. It is. Yeah, yeah I, I know it had it's got multiple ratings. So like it's considered a safe helmet. However, the quality of it and quality from other Scorpion items that we have had um, is less than what I would expect. Um, and, and we only paid, I think it was like 130 for it. So it's not like we paid that much, but, and I'll show you my helmet to kind of tell you what I'm talking about. So my helmet spent considerably more than 130 and this little button here 
where you know you put the helmet on, goes through the D rings there, and then snaps onto the other uh, the other strap right there. That way, it's not flapping around. That button, and my wife rides like she only rides with me, like I said, like one or two times a month. Her helmet doesn't see a lot of use. It either goes back in the bag or back in the box. Yeah. But that helmet for the uh, the little snap on her on the strap for the helmet it broke. I'm like, why would that break? She she's worn this like 20 times this year, and so I I just don't get why that would be a thing. Like, I, I I don't see why that would have broken. Mine broke too, and I have to like tuck it in, and it'll come out regardless. Um, mm -hmm. but some of the newer helmets are getting like a metal snap, and it's like a it's like a magnet, and I think that's a cool feature. I mean, obviously, like you're still going to be safe regardless. It's just annoying to have that thing flapping at your neck. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cause like I, so I'll ride my bike to work and I have to wear college shirts in my job and my collar, unless it's like buttoned down, will like flap against my neck. Yeah. And then I'll have like a little red mark or something from, from my collar flapping against my neck for, you know, 15 miles or whatever. Yeah. It's just not. So, fun. I mean, it's not like, you know, that would, kill her in a crash if she you know crashed and her helmet was not secured like that's not really the thing that secures the strap yeah so it's not the biggest deal in the world but it's kind of annoying if that would break after so little use seriously and i've only had my helmet for like a year and a half maybe but I, maybe and it's already like the k1's a great helmet i recommend it to people if they're if they need a helmet any helmet's a good helmet um, but I, yeah, it's not the quality that I wish it was, you know, like I yeah. wish it had something. And honestly, from what I'm seeing from Icon, Icon makes a pretty durable, pretty easy helmet. That's pretty light. And it's, you know, mm -hmm. just as safe. I, that's a hard thing because like you do pay, like if you're going for like the crazy Arai helmet, you're going for comfort and you're going for like durability overall or if you get like an agv pista or something like that you're going for like race ready helmets and stuff like that but at mm -hmm. the end of the day it's what you're comfortable in and it's what's protective so there's a lot yeah of i think a lot of things or i would say a lot of beginners don't understand that comfort is safety yeah. because if you're if you're uncomfortable you're distracted and if you're distracted you're not going to see the car that pulls out in front of you you're not going to recognize how tight the turn is coming up because you're thinking like, oh, you know, the turn's coming up, but I got to adjust this thing with my helmet, my strap's coming out again or whatever. Like comfort is safety on a motorcycle. Not as much in a car, you know, it, it still is to an extent, but on a motorcycle for sure, comfort equals safety. And that's something that I didn't recognize before buying this helmet as much. Um, but since having this helmet and seeing like problems with other helmets, like, oh, I'm thankful that I don't have to deal with that issue like my helmet's never bothering me while I'm riding it's never causing a distraction where I could lose focus on what I should be looking at yeah it's weird to see like from when I started it would just be like oh I'm just gonna deal with this one thing like maybe uh getting cold from the wind or like wind noise in your ears but like if you like if you get your neck protection and your helmet is pretty solid that wind isn't coming in like crazy um, you have earplugs in or headphones in or whatever, and then you have like a windshield. You can go like 
300% longer on a day, like easily. And mm-hmm. I remember like when b- both of us kind of realized about like headphones and like just like wind noise in general. And we started like using headphones or like using neck protection, or whatever, how big of a difference like, whoa, dude, like this is way easier. <laughs> like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And like we had a pretty relaxed, comfortable environment to make those mistakes in yeah. um, as we were learning to ride our motorcycles and learning just to ride motorcycles in general. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, on the topic of gear, like I would definitely say, you know, make sure you get something that is comfortable. Like, like I, I've got a perforator jacket because like most of the time you're spending riding is during the summer months. And so if you're, you know, I'm going to sweat like a dog regardless, but if I can mitigate that a little bit where I'm not like getting heat exhaustion, then that's going to be a pro. Like that's going to be something that keeps me a little bit safer or like, in the in the fall like early springtime throw the windshield on my bike you know make sure that that cold air that cold wind isn't hitting me and just coming through that perforation as much that way i'm not as cold i'm i'm a lot more relaxed and fluid on the bike definitely i think it makes a huge difference it's just it's crazy that like you you realize those things like um those frame sliders like i was talking to a guy he wanted to go and do yellowstone and He's actually from Boston. I met him on Reddit and um, I was like, Hey man, if you ever want to go, like I've gone, I can take you in. Um, you know, you can have a spot on my couch. Like we can go. I want to go really bad. Um, and he has a, a Ninja 650 and I was like, Hey man, get frame sliders. Cause when I was going to Yellowstone, I put my feet up on those and then I like stood up and then I like, went to the back of the seat to the front, kind of like what Fort nine was talking about. He has a good video about long range riding. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like that made a huge difference and it did like whenever we went on any long trips, having those frame sliders and being able to put my feet up, like I was doing way better than you guys were on cruisers. It's crazy. Yeah. I would say that like our base, like seating position, like on the Vulcan is more comfortable than the base seating position on the Ninja, but having those frame sliders gave you, options you know to like stretch out your legs or to stand up or something um we're like on the Vulcan I can't stand up like my legs are stretched out in a fairly comfortable position but without moving like you know regularly and when you're in Yellowstone it's not that bad because you stop like you know 10 minutes every 30 minutes so it's not that bad in Yellowstone but like on the way there on the way back like it definitely would have been a, a lot better for me to have like more options for uh you know foot placement and things like that and Justin, when he went with us, like his seat is crap anyway. So it, there's no way he would have been comfortable under any circumstances. But, but yeah, I, I was definitely a little bit jealous. Like, oh, he can have his legs down for us. Like, yeah. I wish I had that. Like, I can only have my legs in this forward position where, you know, sometimes you want to move around a little bit. But I, you know, just didn't have the, uh, the mobility for that on the bullpen. Half of me um, thinks that it would be smarter if you're going at super long distance to have a sport bike versus a cruiser. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be easier, on me at least. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you should get more of like, so do you mean like a sport bike with the same position as the Ninja 650 or like would you say the same for like, like an R6, you know, where you're, it's almost like a forced tuck position. I think the the Ninja 650 and even the Ninja 650Z, the Z650, 
is almost mm -hmm. oriented for longer range. And I think that's the position you want to go a, a full tuck at like a R6 or like, um, like a jigsaw. It, it just doesn't make as much sense. Um, yeah. to an extent, I don't know. It's going to be interesting though. Like, um, the long way up series comes out tomorrow. Did you know that? Oh yeah. Is that tomorrow? Yeah. I just looked it up. Um, but they, they didn't travel on the triumphs this, or was it BMW? Or was it Triumph? They were on BMWs for the for the first two series. Okay. They were on BMW GS 1200s and then 1250s, I think. But this time they're on the Harley um, Livewire. Yeah. So I wonder what that'll. I bet I bet there'll be some information as far as like which one was more comfortable and like. I think it. I don't know which one do you think would be more comfortable. Obviously, I think it might be the the BMW, but where they're going. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I would say the BMW as well. And I think with this, I don't know. I, I, I think that you have to preface the long way up with a caveat here because I would guess that Harley has kind of sponsored this trip. Yeah. And being electric bikes, there's a lot of stipulations on what exactly you can do. You know, they can only go 120 miles before they have to charge. Or, you know, they can only hold so much gear because they're not adventure touring bikes that are made to hold all this gear on the back. Yeah. So I think that while this may prove a point about the live wires and their capabilities, I'm betting that, and I haven't seen it yet, I look forward to watching it, but I'm betting that their support team probably was carrying a lot of their gear for a lot of that um, for, for the majority, or maybe not the majority, I don't know, but I would guess that their support team carried a lot of their gear so they didn't have to have all that on their bikes at all times. I'm kind of like... I really enjoyed long way around, um, long way down. I think they were both awesome. And, mm -hmm. but I think like you said, with Harley sponsoring the project with the bikes and everything and where BMW was like kind of hands off on it, they were like, yeah, we'll like sponsor. Yeah. It wasn't like a production by BMW at all. Exactly. Uh, I think this one's going to be really like, I don't want to say cringy, but it's going to be sponsored by BMW and then also Apple's on it and Apple's producing everything. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's it may just feel like an advertisement to watch the series. Which I like. like I like watching. Yeah. Like things, I, I'm, still gonna, I'm still going to watch it. You know, there's nothing wrong with advertisements. Everyone's trying to make a buck. Like yeah. we can't be mad at a company for trying to make a buck. We're trying to make a buck. Yeah. But I, I think that in, in the long way around and the long way down, like you said, BMW was very hands-off with, um, you know, with any sort of like marketing or like product placement within, um, within the series itself. Like you knew that they were riding BMWs. And I think just like the fact that they did the trip, like that was the advertisement. Like yeah. this is what you could do if you had a BMW. And so they didn't have to say, you know, BMW every 30 seconds. They didn't have to talk about the company. You're like, oh, wow, surprisingly, these BMWs are, are better than we thought they would be. Like, I'm sure that's going to be, you know, I'm sure that's going to be part of long way up, you know. Like, surprisingly, the Harley-Davidson has really been, you know, X, Y, Z. Like, oh, for an electric bike, it's been really great. Like, oh, you think it wouldn't be that comfortable, but this Harley-Davidson actually is. I think you touch on something, though, like, because in the long way round and the long way down, I almost like watching it, it, 
so the advertisement, like you were saying, the fact that they could do it, I think the people that bought bikes after that didn't watch the documentary. They just saw that they did it. Mm -hmm. uh, if they watched the documentary, like they had so many engine problems. Like it was every other day, there was some crazy thing that broke down. They could fix it. Yeah. Yeah, but, they could fix it because they knew how and they had the tools and everything. But it wasn't like streamlined, we're going to get there and back and everything. It was definitely like a huge, like a lot of mechanical errors. So I think this one, though, is going to be, like you said, completely different. Like, I think it's going to be like, oh, man, like, I guess we have to stop because we're tired. And then, like, they swap out of the bike. and <laughs> Yeah. Like a new one for them to ride, you know, like, it'll be weird. Yeah, and I think it'll still be cool. Like I'm still gonna watch it, but yeah. but I I don't expect the same feeling. I guess I I don't expect the same atmosphere within the show. Uh, I expect a similar one, but not exactly the same because you know Harley Davidson is doing it, and Harley can use all the advertisements they can get right now. Yeah, definitely. I don't especially since they killed off the Bronx. I don't know if you like were following their their releases or anything or their announcements of new bikes, but they like announced a couple bikes, like I think four or five bikes last year. Um, one of them being the Pan America, which is an adventure touring bike. It looks like crap. And then the Bronx, which looked cool. It was like a naked street fighter style. Like, like it looked cool, had a cool name, like the Bronx, you know, sounds tough. Wait, the and then there were a couple others, the Bronx. Like but they the killed it off. They're not making the Bronx anymore. But they are still releasing the Pan America, a bike that no one wants. That's weird, dude. I didn't hear about that. I don't the... know what Harley's doing. Yeah, the Bronx actually looks decent. Yeah, That's... it looks kind of cool, and it's got a cool name. That's weird, dude. Yeah, the Pan America. They're doing the Pan America. Pan America doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. You know what, though? It's almost the same platform as the Bronx. I bet people are going to strip it and chop it. You know what I mean? I was excited for the Browns. Yeah, like, I I just hope they get, get their heads out of their butts. Because, like, right now, the biggest thing is naked bikes. Like, yeah. Triumph is releasing another naked bike. Like, they've already got the Street Triple, the Speed Triple. Those are both naked bikes. Yeah. And now they're doing the Trident as well, which is, like, a smaller, it's a 675 engine instead of the 765 from the street triple yeah but like they're adding another uh naked bike to their lineup of naked bikes that they already had and triumph's killing it right now and i mean like even zero is killing it right now like everyone that's yeah. going street fighter is killing it yeah zero's got the srf kawasaki they like a couple of years ago instead of just having like and like spin-off versions of their bikes that are you know without bearings now they've got the whole z lineup which are all just naked bikes like yamaha's got the fc and the mt line it used to be fc but they changed it to mt but they've got the mt07 mt03 mt09 like everyone's doing naked bikes and they're doing a great job of it so i don't know why harley killed off the bronx look at this headlight yeah, like, what is the point of this bike? <laughs> Who's buying this? <laughs> ah, what's the price? I, I want to know the price range. That, I swear, if it's 25, 
it's got to be nineteen thousand dollars. Uh, well, no. it's comparable to the the Tiger. Well, how big is the engine in the Pan America? Pan America engines. Because they're comparing it to the Tiger twelve hundred. Let me see. Twelve fifty. So okay, it's, so about the same engine size. I don't know, but dude. they're comparing it to a bike that's already killing it in the market. Yeah, like and the Tiger's been around for a while. They've been improving that bike for I don't know, fifteen, twenty years. Yeah, that bike is beautiful. Like the yeah, I've looked at Tigers. Like they look good. They look capable. Versus the Pan America, yeah, that, and it almost like. It looks more maneuverable than the Pan America. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It looks more agile. It looks more sporty. That's weird, dude. I don't know why yeah. they're doing that. I don't. I think Harley used to be a really cool company, like maybe in the '60s, but like right now, it's 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 almost like a four-year-old is leading the company. Right now, I think that the best direction for Harley to go is just to stick to their big baggers and like they can keep the Sportster, have a few baggers, but then really like just send some small bikes to India and make little electric bikes for kids in America. Yeah, I think so. Like, Harley does pretty well with their, with the Street 750 in India um, and they're growing in that segment. And so I think they should keep doing what works for them. Like if that's working, you know, keep sending street 750s over to India. Yeah. Like, ah, the Bronx looks good. Why did they, why did they cut that out? That's so weird, dude. Yeah. And dentists are still going to look like, you know, they still want to look like they're in Sons of Anarchy. So they're still going to want to buy, you know, Road Kings or Electric Glides or whatever they want. So they can still make their big baggers. But. Oh, I know. Outside of that. I know why they killed the Bronx, man. Why? It is the exact, it's almost like, do you see this comparison between, this is like the live wire look, dude. I bet you they just. Do you think they just didn't want it to look like the live wire? They didn't want competition for the live wire. Cause like, look, uh, Harley, it's the exact same bike, except it's gas versus electric. I bet you they, yeah, it's, it's almost the exact same bike. They took a loss on the liveware, and if they create competition with the Bronx, they're gonna lose a lot of money. I think they just didn't want the liveware to flop. Yeah. Yeah, it's all publicity, man, and it's all it's all dollars right now. Ugh, ugh, Harley, why? It's so dumb though, because who's <laughs> buying who's buying a thirty thousand dollar electric bike when you could get you know, a zero SRF or SRS for 20 grand. And that includes, you know, the upgraded battery pack. That includes the bells and whistles and everything. With proven, why would you spend 10 grand more for a company that this is their first electric bike? They don't have a history in this market. I don't get that. It's lighter. It's got proven technology. They've been in the, the zero. As they've been in the market for like, what, like 15 years now. They have like amazing um other other bikes too and then like you said they have the upgraded battery um there's touring packages with them like 
it's like, uh, Harley. Um, my uncle was a Harley guy, so it's hard for me to like rag on him because you're like, and then you watch Sounds of Anarchy and you're like, that's what they ride. And <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, that looks cool. What? Really, those bikes aren't, they're not better than any other bike. Which, if you want to get into Harleys, I guess you do have to sell drugs and be in a gang because that's the only way you can afford it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to do um, a an ad read for our partners at the Bros in the Basement podcast. So I'm going to read that oh. real quick. Um, we are cross-promoting with a few platforms, so they're a bunch of cool guys. Um, but I'll read off their script that they gave to me. Uh, the Bros in the Basement is a podcast for people who want to sit back, relax, and hear about the car community from all points of view. They have interview, uh, they interview other car enthusiasts, talk about car history and even upcoming cars. So go and follow them on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for more. Um, we also have partnered with a few other podcasts real quick. Let me pull them up. Um, you'll probably hear a promotion after the show for backseat banter and too many hobbies um but go ahead and follow them too but yeah man harley i don't get what they're doing i i don't think they'll be around in 10 years to be honest i think they'll still be around but they well i don't know i i think they could go one of two ways so right now the things that are working for them is like they're breaking into india with their smaller displacement bikes um, I don't know if it would make sense for them to ever do like a 300cc or like a 400cc bike. That doesn't seem like their kind of thing. No. Like Harleys are big and bad. And a 750 in India is big and bad. So yeah. they can still maintain their image in India. Well, they um, can't even go so, past 300 in most areas. Like if there's restrictions, aren't they? Like in, in Like India. licensing restrictions? Yeah, I know like there's like an engine um, cutoff in some areas and in, in the middle east and in, in uh europe there probably is but i am not aware of it but like it is working for them they're making money in india and then they're making money on clothing sales and then like little electric bikes for kids yeah. so those three things like that's where they're actually making money they're not innovative with their motorcycles they can still make their big baggers but just i would really cut down production of those because it just doesn't make sense to like keep pumping out those bikes that no one wants to buy yeah so they could either do that or they're just gonna like become so unprofitable that they're, they'll go bankrupt they've gone bankrupt a few times i think um or at least been close to it they've been bailed out a lot um but yeah like, <laughs> which i think is stupid like, it is stupid uh, they've killed they've killed their business in so many ways and it is frustrating because it's like Harley is an American symbol. And like in the motorcycling community, when you say you're American, like, Oh, Harley Davidson, like, so it's rough. And then you don't get like the same cred. If like you ride by some chopper guys, if you're riding a Kawasaki, which is kind of stupid. Cause I'm like, I could beat you in a, in a drag race right now, but you know, I don't know. It's, it's annoying, but <laughs> Yeah, I think like, you know, Harley Davidson, they're certainly like an American icon. But I think that Indian is a better American icon. Definitely. And I'd much rather, you know, like I don't even own an Indian, but 
I've got an Indian motorcycle hat on right now because yeah. they're awesome. Like I don't own anything Harley Davidson, but I've got an Indian hat. I'll probably get a shirt sometime. Like they're way cool. So if I were to support, you know, any American motorcycle company, it would be Indian for sure. I think that it'd be awesome if Harley could just go out of business and Indian could take over their market share and oh. then just just start producing more motorcycles. I think I think you're onto something. I think that Harley is going to get bought out by another company, and I think Indian has the best platform for it. Can See, you... that's what I'm thinking right now. They'll either like stick to those few things that I mentioned that are actually making them money, but then decrease some of their other like motorcycle production. Like the Pan America is not going to be around for a while. Like it, it'll remember? be around for a year or something. It'll be gone. So they'll either do that and like stick around, like barely be alive. Or they're going to go bankrupt and hopefully Indian buys up a lot of their assets. Here's a crazy idea. Can you imagine, first of all, if Indian rebranded like all of Harley's best-selling motorcycles and just like, just threw Indian symbols on there just to like piss off all the Harley guys. But then <laughs> can you imagine, I bet you anything, if it's not in production right now, it would be if they bought out Harley, um, is if they converted the FTR to an electric platform. And then they made their own like Indian electric vehicle line with the FDR in mind. Dude, mm -hmm. that would be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be yeah. cool. But, I think Indian is showing a lot more innovation in the last few years than Harley has, you know, with the FTR 1200. You know, they announced a cool bike and actually made it. Yeah. On like the Bronx. <laughs> you sound pretty good. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't going to buy one, but it's just like, why are you guys so dumb? This is the thing that was going to save you guys. This is what the people wanted. Yeah. No one wants an adventure bike from Harley Davidson. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> but, I would not mind at all if they just kind of disappeared. Yeah. You know? There's a good chance. They're closing down all over the country already. So there's a good chance. But... You never know. Maybe it's just a money laundering scheme at this point. <laughs> it might be. I don't think we can confirm that it's not at this point. It's true. But it's been awesome having you on, dude. You've been great. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and rate us. Um, follow us on YouTube, on the website uh mwlp that's um m as in marco w as in whiskey l as in lima and p as in papa.org um that's where all of our content is going to be and that's where you can get links for everything really uh, but we're on spotify apple uh rate it please share it with other people um and yeah be safe out there it's nice talking to you matt yeah good to talk to you Jay. take care you too.